Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of GLE. First interview kicking off 2022. I got a special guest today. He's the co-creator and co-owner of Fit and 42. He's a U.S. Marine, father, artist, husband, and general all-around good guy. I'm just getting to know him a little bit. He's helped uh, he's helped my wife and I kind of get our good daily health habits back in order recently. And um, really impressed with him as an entrepreneur and what he's doing with Fit and 42. So I want to bring him on. And I think he's got some really good health mindset to share with you all. So welcome, Casey, to GLE. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, big fan and uh, looking forward to uh, dropping some knowledge bombs here. Awesome, man. I'm glad you can make it. So let's rewind your story. You were a Marine, obviously, but, you know, maybe go back to early Casey Washak. Tell us a story, you know, brothers, sisters, mom and dad. Where'd you grow up? Give, give us the whole one on one. So I'm a Jersey boy, uh, born and raised in New Jersey. Um, I, I really believe that. Um, the path I'm on is because of my childhood. Uh, my brother and I, uh, for a long time, were the, the only family we had. My mom died of a heroin overdose. My dad, alcoholic. Um, we've had four stepmoms in, in our lives. And so there was a lot of uh, commotion. There was uh, very dysfunctional. And for me, the, the military was my way out. And so... Um, I originally want, like you mentioned, I'm an artist. I, I originally wanted to go to art school. I got accepted, but my dad was like, how you getting there? Uh, how you paying for it? I went to Vietnam for my college education. So I said, all right, very well. Um, I'm not one to shy away from a challenge. So I wanted to pick the hardest route. And that route led me to the Marine Corps. Wow. Crazy, man. So, I mean growing up with that kind of family environment, right? Like, you know, you said you, you it was kind of like your way to get out was, was, um, yeah. the Marines, like what, what would you say, I guess, to, to others that might be struggling, you know, I, I don't know if the Marines would necessarily be the place I'd, I'd always want to necessarily run in some of those situations. I don't like what, what can folks that are going through that these days maybe do, or what, you know, what would you tell folks that might be going through something like that right now? So my mentality was you only have me until I'm 18. Mm. And then I get to, I get to write my own story. So <clears throat> I could have left early. Like my brother ended up, my brother's four years younger. He ended up leaving the house um, at, at 15 or 16. Wow. Um, I, I waited it out until I graduated and immediately yeah. joined the Marine Corps. So what I would say to somebody who's going through that is, is uh, I felt like a, a dog, you know, chained, 
chained to the fence or whatever. And so when I turned 18, the leash was off and then I got to write my own story. And so that's the way I looked at it. And so what's really hard for me now is there's a lot of people who are um, still tied to that story and, and they hold themselves there. And, and you know what, I, you know, I, I gave you a brief synopsis of my childhood, but I, I learned a lot of good things from both parents, but I also learned what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And, um, and whether that's me now as a parent, I mean, my parents made me the parent I am today mm-hmm. because they showed me what not to do. They showed me, I like what I felt. I never want my kids to feel. So I believe it's because of them right. that I, I, I treat my children way differently. And yeah. so um, in that respect, I, I feel like there's a lesson to be learned in, in every situation and that we just need to really, really not, not be tied to it. Mm-hmm. And when I had the opportunity to write my own, like I wanted, luckily, I wasn't stationed. I'm from New Jersey. I wasn't stationed on the East coast. I went all the way to California. And so Mm -hmm. I got to like basically write a completely new story. I'm I'm, sure. And, and everything was an adventure. I've seen that. You might've seen that meme on social. There's like this, uh, this meme of a guy sitting there in like a suit and then there's like a, a homeless guy or something and they're both wearing the the tag and they both you know they both say my father was an alcoholic which is why i ended up where i am uh-huh. and uh so i think that's awesome perspective you know i i'm curious did you have like mentors outside of your parents that kind of helped you see a path or or was it really just sort of uh i mean you said you felt like a dog cage was it really just sort of the the cage dog i gotta get out of here i know what i don't want to do but i gotta go find something else my, my brother, I'll tell you, my brother did. He had a lot of friends with good families. So they kind of adopted him, so to speak, you know, and uh, he's still close with them to this day. I, I didn't have that. I, I was pretty much a loner in that respect. So, but every, every good thing out of my life I have now is because, because of mentors, because of uh, whether it's, getting into personal training once I got out of the Marine Corps. Well, even, even my higher ups in the Marine Corps, you know, and just latching on to certain things they said, um, you know, I, I'm blessed to be in a field where a lot of the people I come in contact with have done well for themselves in, in different ways. So I get to learn uh, through their successes. And, and, and so it's, it's not just, they're coming to me for health and fitness, but they might be real estate investors. Hmm. And now I get to learn, all right, what are you doing? How are you doing it? What would you say if you were in my shoes? And I mean, that's, that's what, uh, luckily I've had all throughout my life. Um, post post. Yeah. Fit. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. I missed some of that because Moose, my camera dog, was was barking up a storm. So I had to I had to call him and quiet him down. But no so coming from coming from the military into you know the entrepreneur world, let's kind of hone in on that journey and, and what what got you to you know co-founding, co-creating this fit and 42 concept. Really unique concept, you know, being a being a guy who played a lot of team sports growing up. You know, when when I heard about what you were doing, I was really impressed. So share with our audience, you know, 
what what Fit and Forty Two is all about. Well, so the entrepreneur, like that, didn't just start after the Marine Corps. Uh, like I said, um, I did learn a lot of good things from my parents. One being, my dad was very frugal, and uh, my dad, we would get a, an allowance, a ten dollar allowance, but then he would tax it, and he would take three back right away. So we knew, and then whenever we wanted something, if I want, you know, if I wanted a, a toy or something, he'd say, well, I mowed lawns, I raked leaves, I shoveled snow, I washed uh -huh. cars. So my brother and I learned early on, if we want more than what we're getting, that $7, then we need to go out and get it. Yeah. So we, we did everything. And then cool. leading me to the Marine Corps, I... I had a 7-Eleven running out of my room in the Marine Corps um, just because the closest uh, entrepreneur is really a problem solver. Yeah. And Marines uh, are known to enjoy alcohol, which means, which means um, after a certain point of drinks, they should not be driving anymore. And the closest store on base was over a mile away. Or you can just go to Casey's room and he's got all sorts of food and chili and, <laughs> and snacks that you can buy from Wait, him. That's not where the general store started from, is it? No, it's not. But, no, okay. uh, but I'll tell you, uh, if I know, Bill, if you're knocking on my door at midnight and, um, and you're asking for toilet paper, I could pretty much charge whatever I want. So $5 a roll was not unheard of. Find demand. <laughs> exactly. Find demand. So, um, what I kind of stumbled into the fitness realm. Uh, I played sports as a kid growing up and I, I worked out in season, you know, when we were supposed to outside of season, like in high school and stuff, I really wasn't, wasn't into like actually physically working out until I joined the Marine Corps and I had all this time. So I was a machine gunner in the Marine Corps. And if we're not going out into the desert and practicing like, you know, war, uh, we're off by five. So what do you do? Like I'm a, I'm a 18, 19 year old man. Uh, I, I don't have a car, so I'm saving money. And my, you know, my 7-Eleven, you know, I have a roommate. He could be running that when, mm -hmm. so like, why don't I take this time to better myself, start working out. Uh, I grew up as a wrestler. So I start wrestling on the base wrestling team, end up start doing jujitsu as well. And then what ends up happening is my unit sees me doing all these things. They start sending me to different schools. Um, they start sent, they sent me to close combat instructor school. So when I graduated that, I came back and now I'm one of the instructors for my battalion, which is 1500 Marines wow. and teaching them how to fight. But then what happens is, as I told you, if we're not practicing war, it's like college. We're off by, you know, once our, yeah. our, our everything's done, we're right. drinking beer, we're eating pizza. And so what the crazy part is you leave Marine Corps boot camp like a machine. Like you're shredded, you're never been in better physical condition in your life mm -hmm. than after Marine Corps boot camp. But then you go to what we call the fleet, which is like your duty station start doing your job and now the pizza the beer some people are smoking again you don't smoke in the 90 days of boot camp right but now 
that habit re-enters afterwards. Right. So what starts happening is as a machine gunner, my job is to get on top of the building or on top of the mountain and just lay down what's called suppressive fire. Basically make sure the enemy can't keep their head up because I'm spraying my, my bullets everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that being said, that being said, uh, we got this guy who drives by the gym. <laughs> his bike with his two dogs, and he plays like seven music and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, that being good, said, we keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> um, what ends up happening is a lot of these guys are overindulging with the beer and yeah. eating too much pizza, and they're gaining weight, and now mm -hmm. they're having trouble getting up that mountain or mm -hmm. getting to the top of that building. Yeah. So what ends up happening is my unit kind of tells me, Casey, you are going to train these guys during your lunch hour three days a week. And so uh, the thing is, there's no extra pay for that. Mm -hmm. They just took away my lunch hour because other guys are undisciplined. Right. And, and so I was going to say fat or lazy, but undisciplined yeah, so covers it's, it's it. It's a haze fest. I, my goal was to make them throw up three yeah. days a week. But one by one, they didn't have to come back to me. Yeah. And um, what ended up happening was I knew I was getting out. I loved the Marine Corps. I just hated the financial restraints that it had on mm -hmm. me. I, you know, I had to spend my next, my next promotion. I had to spend four years at, at, at this current pay, which is $1,700 a month. Um, and I'm making more money with my 7-Eleven out of my room than right. being an actual Marine. <laughs> so I knew there was something better for me out there. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know where I wanted to put my energy. Mm -hmm. And one of my officers came up to me and, and he was impressed with how I was getting these guys back into shape. And he said, I, in his exact words were, I don't know what your plan is afterwards, but you're pretty good at this. And um, that, that sparked something to where I knew mm -hmm no one was going to pay for what I was putting these guys through mm -hmm. in the civilian world. So I need to start learning the science behind what I'm doing, yeah. the nutritional aspect behind what, what I'm, what I'm doing uh -huh. and really diving deeper into the science to make this more palatable for a civilian, because these guys were forced to come to me. Right. No way somebody's going to pay for this, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, that's where, luckily, once again, the military gave me that outlet because I can do uh, di long distance learning while yeah. I'm still in the Marine Corps. So I started getting different certifications mm -hmm. and started diving deeper into that. Cool. Uh, which led me to getting out, getting a job as a personal trainer under, uh, you know, at a gym yeah. until my brother and I were ready to open our first one. That's awesome, man. So you hit on a really important point. And so before we go any further, I want to circle back to it. But if y'all aren't following Casey, go follow him. His website fitin42.com. That's F-I-T-I-N-42.com. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, Casey Washak. And the, the point you made that I, I've had this happen in my life from some of my mentors, you know, I really think, and, and I literally just posted about this the other day that, you know, the, the people that mean the most to you in your life you tend to become what they expect of you or what they think you're going to become. And 
you know, I think, you know, as leaders, we, we really kind of help, we, we, we see the potential in people and can help them maybe even pull out potential in themselves that they might not even have, have, have had, right? Like this, this general or uh, your commanding officer or whatever said one thing to you, and that probably changed the whole trajectory of your life. You know, who knows why, but, you know, can you, if you didn't have that conversation, could you see yourself even going down this path? I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know. I didn't plan on it. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's just something I like to do. It wasn't something that I, I ever thought of doing as a career. And then, um, literally, yeah, it was that conversation. And then it just kept showing up. I mean, right out of the Marine Corps, I got a job at a hospital because I figured, uh, like I'm certified now. I don't know where to go, where to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I figured, um, if I go into the hospital, I can see all the different departments mm-hmm. and I can see if something really, um, stands out. Right. But what kept happening was all these different nurses and doctors are like, you know, how do I get rid of this? And, you know, <laughs> you know, this, and I'm like, I can train you. Yeah. You know, and, and so just kept coming. Just, yeah. And then, at, you know, what ended up happening was I started um, just like the Marine Corps, my 7 Eleven. My main job was being overshadowed but by my side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Crazy. so that, then it was like, I need to get rid of this uh, hospital job and just yeah. go all in on this, on this personal training. Yeah. So I want to jump into Fit and 42 sure. and, you know, interesting name. When I heard the name Fit and 42, I was kind of like, you know, what's that about? It just kind of like made me, made me question like that. That's not your typical gym name mm. out there. So what, why 42, why Fit and 42? What's the, what's the concept all about? So originally that wasn't the name of our gyms. All right. So, um, my brother and I opened our first gym in 2006. Um, in 2000, we've been training these people. And one of the things we hated about personal training is two people can come to us, very similar situations. And for whatever reason, through the exercise, they get tremendous results, right? The other person comes in, same situation and for whatever reason they don't mm-hmm. they they do they uh as hard as they're working in the gym they're partying just as hard outside the gym mm-hmm. so too many too many variables right um and i hated that that crapshoot i hated right. the crapshoot of not knowing that like how are you going to do in this system um you, you know so what i wanted to create was a very systematic approach Mm-hmm. And um, where we were located in Southern California, so I got out of the Marine Corps, stayed in Southern California. My brother came out, um, was the Betty Ford Center. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Betty Ford Center, but maybe. Uh, so if your listeners aren't, the Betty Ford Center was in our town. It's a very famous drug rehab center. Mm-hmm. So alcohol and drug rehab center. And basically, you know, a lot of celebrities go there. But basically, you you don't leave until you change. Mm-hmm. So, so that we have that. And I'm like, where is that for the fitness industry? Mm-hmm. Where is that place that like 12 step esque 
So that's one thing. Once again, I told you my childhood led me here. Um, We knew that um, our parents, they, they were like, they tried to get clean. They tried to get sober. My brother and I, I don't know how many AA and NA meetings we went with our parents as kids playing a little football in the back, but we're, we're hearing, we're in this room. We're seeing these people all trying to change. We're seeing them at our house. Right. Right. Then all of a sudden they start disappearing and the old crowd starts coming back. So we got to understand real quick, like, all right, the the old crowd's back. Things are about to get tough again. Mm -hmm. New, you know, so Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I wanted a 12 step esque approach to this fitness thing because what I what I've realized in the in the five years of owning a gym up to that point was none of this is about exercise, right. none of it. Um, and so, how do I create a community around of like like minded people? But I, what I also wanted to do was bring in that militaristic approach like all or none, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, like, um, your, your wife who been, who went through fit in 42 and she did amazing by the way, she, uh, she heard me say so many times, like when people are asking me for a cheat meal during this 42 day process, mm-hmm. I say, I'll, I always relate it back to AA. I say, when you're drinking a bottle of Jack and then join AA, do they tell you, Oh, you know what you, you need balance, have half a bottle now. They say, right. no, it's killing you. Cut it out. Yeah. So your old habits are killing you. We got to get as far away from them as possible. So mm-hmm. the idea is let's swing that pendulum as far as we can in the opposite direction. And I know after the 42 days, it's going to start swinging back a little bit, but we're going to be way better off mm-hmm. than if we were just trying to do this, this little incremental change that, that we tend to do as, and I, I preach it too. Like, don't try to throw everything out. Try to focus on one thing. The difference is, is this all in approach when you have these coaches who see you every day. So the whole idea is trying to build the habits at a rapid rate, um, like a Betty Ford. Mm-hmm. It's not an AA meeting a couple times a week. It's you live there. And right. that's what we were trying to create with Fit and 42 is I want people, I want to be top of the mind awareness for these individuals who want to change, like they have to see us every day. Mm-hmm. So I get to ask them what they ate yesterday right. and I wrote the plan. Yeah. So they, if they flub it, if, if they stutter, I know they're lying because I know yeah. what's supposed to be happening right now. That team environment pressure, Casey, I think, you know, from my days as a college athlete, high school athlete, right? Like coaches can tell you stuff all day, but you know, we, we can touch on like the most important people in your life, expecting things from you when you're around a group of people that are all doing certain things, there's like, you know, even if you're not doing it and they don't say anything, there's still like an indirect pressure on you all the time, which I just think is, is super cool. It's a super cool concept. I've, I've been one of those kind of, uh, stubborn individuals who's like, man, you know, I used to be fit. I've done crazy diets. My brother and I, you know, did keto and got super skinny. He did a bodybuilding show. I did the whole diet with him. Right. So like I've been down to like seven, 9% body fat. And so it's like, I don't need some trainer, you know, I can do it on my own. I just need to do it. But 
sometimes, you know, like I think Gary V even talks about the fact that he, he, Gary V, Mr. Big Entrepreneur, millions of dollars guy, I think has a personal trainer come wake him up and pull him out of bed every morning and make him go work out because he won't, you know, he won't do it on his own. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that kick in the pants. And it's been, you know, my wife, kudos to her. She, she wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, I told her if she does it, I'll eat whatever she makes for, for food. And, uh, you know, I started working out when she was going to the gym in the morning and it's just been a good, uh, a good habit building lifestyle change, man. I think it's, it's super cool. Awesome. And, you know, um, I, so the caveat to this is if you like how things are going, then don't change them. Right. Um, but if you want to get, if, if you're trying to get to another level, in, in certain cases, like let go of control and give somebody else the reins. And uh, so that's what we are for a lot of people. And, and the, way, the way I explain it is we're a part of your team. You know, um, this is a, a great podcast. I, I would imagine a ton of uh, like entrepreneurs and, and, and people who are in leadership positions are listening to this, right? So that means they have a team under them. And each individual on the team is a spoke in the wheel trying to help, you know, and, and trying to further the mission. Mm-hmm. And we should have that. And this is something I preach inside our four walls is like, I shouldn't be the only one on your team. My team shouldn't be the only one. You should have an accountant. You should have a dentist. You should have a doctor, chiropractor. Like, you should have all these things. Like, you shouldn't be trying to figure out your taxes. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you should have somebody, an expert in that, that you can just throw them some money and boom, and it's taken care of. And, and you're spending your time not trying to figure it out, but mm-hmm. you're spending your time on like your strengths. Right. And so in a lot of cases, once again, if you love where you're getting with your fitness, fine. Or if you, if you love like trying to figure it out, awesome. But if you're like, look, so we get a lot of, um, we get a lot of business owners, um, you know, type A individuals who are like, just for that reason. And, and, and that's kind of how I talk to them is like, hey, I'm on your team now. Right. I'm going to take care of the fitness aspect. I just yeah. need you to show up. The, the hour you're here, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to tell you what to eat. Uh, or if you need me to contact, like if you have someone who meal preps for you, whatever, I'm going to tell them what you should be eating right. and boom, taken care of. Now you could spend your, your time on your core competency mm-hmm. and your strengths. And this is taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's, it's really, once again, if things aren't going the way you want them to, or you think there's another level, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's the easiest thing to do is just hire it out. Yeah. Hire I love that mindset. What do you think? Like, I know like kind of stubbornness for me in this one instance, but like you were talking about building a team, it's just been recently that I've thought like that where it's like, you know, okay, I need an accountant. I need a bookkeeper. I need, you know, I need all these things. I need a, I got my yard guy. I got my pool guy. I got, you know, all this stuff that I can do, you know, people do this stuff. It's not, you know, I could mow my own yard, but there's a mentality that comes along with, okay, I'm going to kind of run my life like a business and, and hire some of these things out. And some people, you know, maybe just like, I don't, I don't know. There's like a mental block of like, Oh, you know, why would I pay for that when I could do it myself? You know, what, what do you say to those people as an entrepreneur? 
So once again, I, I have been blessed, especially early on in my career, to have been uh, the, the trainer for some very, uh, very successful people. And so I was doing the same thing, like asking them those exact same questions. And one of the easiest things they said to me is like, if it costs less than what you make an hour, hire it out. Because then you could spend that hour or whatever, instead of mowing your lawn, you could be making, you could be working on your business, making more money than that $30 task or whatever it's going to be. Sure. So, um, so really, I mean, there is a fine line because, mm -hmm. you know, I have children. I don't want, you know, land. I don't want them walking around landscapers, maids, and, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like everything's done for me. Sure. Um, so there, there, there you don't is want the live in one. nanny. You don't got the no. live in nanny. No, no. <laughs> uh, we would love one of those. Yeah. Who wouldn't? But, yeah. um, but there is some things like, for example, we took on, my wife was a school teacher for 15 years and, uh, up until almost four years ago, that's what she was doing. And then, uh, we moved here to Texas, opened up in 42. And mm -hmm. in that move, we had decided like, instead of her going to teach other people's kids, she's now going to take on the role of teaching our kids. So that is, that's, that's where she's at. That's big time. Uh, yeah. So, but they're like, so now I, I have to look at it even a different way. I have to look at it as like, should she be like, like we were talking about a nanny. So like, mm -hmm. this is in the back of our head. Like, would I rather her be teaching my children Mm -hmm. or like mopping a floor you know what i mean so right. uh what's more so important yeah, yeah well, what's more important what 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 sort of return can i get on her spending a couple more hours teaching my children right you know, all the things they need 100%. as opposed to so there's i i understand it and I, believe me um if you get joy out of it keep it in your life but mm -hmm. if it's if it's if it's between you doing something you love and like mowing the lawn, if that's not something you enjoy, then, mm -hmm. then hire it out. And I mean, I also <laughs> like from an entrepreneurial standpoint, from a money standpoint, we're not bringing any of this with us. Sure. So spend more time doing what you love. Right. Um, and, or, or, or working on the things that could, that could better your family, your tribe. Right. Yeah. Knowing why you're doing what you're doing. I think a lot of people miss, they get stuck in the rat race of, you know, I've got this obligation. I got to do this. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. And it's like, why, you know, why, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to just make money so you can pay your bills and go make more money to pay more bills? Or are you trying to, you know, create something for your family and, and utilize the time God gave you here for what he made you to do. And, um, you know, I think the, the investment versus cost mentality is one people get stuck in. They focus on, oh, you know, that costs so much as opposed to, you know, what is the potential for, you know, it's almost like people that invest tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in a personal coach. And, you know, they're trying to get to like seven, eight figure plus businesses. Right. So like, would, if, if you were going to get an eight figure business back, would you invest six, six figures? <laughs> You know, it seems like a lot, you know, people, people spend it on college all the time. Right. And don't even blink at it. So I, I want to ask you, 
So the Fit in 42, it has several different uh, – it's a franchise, right? Is it a franchise we, business? We are a franchise. We haven't sold any yet. Um, we just recently finished up all the paperwork and everything. We have five uh, – f- we're about to have our fifth location here. We're op- opening one in uh, South Texas, if you will. Oh, awesome. Where Where in South Texas, can you say? Mountain Okay. Um, Very cool. Yeah, so – yeah, we're not, we're not, we are a franchise. We, we, right now they're all corporate owned, which means yeah. my brother and I, Sure. but um, yeah. That's awesome. So I got another buddy entrepreneur who's, you know, he's looked into and, and talking about franchising his business. I've had another franchiser on um, Mandy Rowe. She's a, a franchiser with float spas, true rest float spa. If you've ever heard of them or done, done any floating. Um, that's kind of a cool experience, but what, what has been your biggest learning experience in franchising a business? Well, so, um, this is the, uh, once again, it's the pendulum. Um, when we started out, we just happened to be two guys who were good at training and had to learn the business aspect. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about, like we were just talking about hiring out things like that. As a, as a business owner, you tend to wear all hats mm-hmm. and, and there's, there's definitely things. And this is why I've been blessed to be in this with my brother, because while we have two completely different strengths mm-hmm. um, and so he handles the things he loves to do, which, which honestly, I do not really enjoy and I get to do the things what I love to do. And so it, we, we, it works out really well. Cool. Um, and as we, but ultimately what, what stifles everybody is not building that team because mm-hmm. they're trying to do everything themselves. And, um, and the things they're good at suffer because mm-hmm. they, they're spread too thin, but mm-hmm. also the things they're not good at. Right are suffering because that's not their core competency. So, um, so what franchising, what that really showed me and what I loved about it. And even if we don't ever decide to sell one, we have every system written Mm -hmm. down, laid out, and it really, it's a lot easier for us. So this next location is putting the people in place and handing them basically the playbook, mm-hmm. um, which for a lot of small businesses, the playbooks right here. Right. And then you're a lot of times we were, we're playing catch up. Like after something goes wrong, then we're right. teaching like, no, here's how you do it. Right. So instead uh, from day one, we got the playbook, you know, here's, here's what your role is. Here's what's expected. Right. You know, here's how you, you know, soup to nuts. Here's how mm-hmm. everything works. Yeah. It's great mentality, Casey, the, the folks out there, leaders can so easily get trapped in doing stuff themselves. They, they're, you know, they think, I I think there's a stigma maybe too, when, when you get into a leadership role an owner type of role where, you know, you need to still be working hard and your people need to see you working hard. And so I almost think there's maybe a a fear that people are going to think you're not doing anything or like, you know, all, all they do is tell me stuff to do and, and don't do anything themselves. But, you know, the leader role it, it, to me is a very distinct role and there's specific things leaders need to be doing. And I think lots of times 
leaders can get caught doing things they shouldn't be doing and things they should be delegating and not doing the things that they actually should be focusing on, which for an entrepreneur like yourself is, you know, how do I grow this business? How do I, how do I get it franchised out? You know, how do I, how do I continue to, uh, you know, further the vision of, of fit and 42. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, what happens a lot is at least, at, at least in the industry I'm in a lot, most people, unless it's a franchise, but most people go the path I did, you know, I'm a trainer, I'm doing well. The next step for me is actually opening my own. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but then there's a whole new bunch of skills that you need to learn outside yeah. of training, right? Like run a business. You got to learn them quick so, too. Otherwise yeah, you're going to run that, out of money. That, that's what ends up happening is, um, a lot of times I will say leaders fall back on what they're comfortable with. Like yeah. it'd be really easy for me to take all the training hours here. And it's also, I would say, you got to the you got to this position by by being great. And the the fear is if you relinquish some control over certain areas that it's not going to be great anymore. It's not going to be, it's not as good as if you were to do it. And, um, you nailed it, man. That's so, good. so really our role is like, my, I, I, I say this internally, but like my role is not to focus on the clients is to focus on the staff so they can focus on the clients mm. and make sure that they're getting everything they need um, and that I'm not the bottleneck in any way, shape or form Right. For them to be able to do their job properly. And that means coaching. That means teaching them. That means continuing education. That means anything with, with, with like getting p- new members in the door, whether, right. you know, so, so that's, that's what I feel our role really is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, and I think part of it too is we've we've kind of gone into this um especially you know we've been in business now 16 years um like i moved to kingwood i picked kingwood because i knew it was a good location for what we do Mm -hmm. and i i know the recipe that we want to put in place here Mm -hmm. so i'm building kingwood knowing that it's the first of many yeah in in Texas. So there's a certain way I have to approach it. I can't try to be the guy, you know, and and I need to, what I need to do is grow the guy here Mm -hmm. and make sure that this team is held up. And this team, this team is the Kingwood team. And then they, they could service Kingwood and they could be the best option for Kingwood. And uh, then I could start focusing on the next one. And it's, and so that's, I think it's a different mindset than if you were to say like, you know what, I want to open up a gym yeah. and there's, and then there's no timeline, you know, right. there's no, I need to have this done by then. I need to get these people up and ready by this time. Mm-hmm. So it, um, so I, and I believe me, we've been in this spot for a long time. We opened up in 2005 or 2006. Our second gym was 2015, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 19. Right. <laughs> so so yeah so it was literally uh, almost 10 years before we opened our second oh wow and so um 
so for us we had that like like is this it is this yeah. is this how we're gonna you know or is there more and what do we need to do to get more crazy time to be a business owner through this environment you know kudos to y'all for obviously making it through because a lot of small businesses didn't but how did y'all pivot and respond to you know some of these um you know man mandates or um dictates or whatever we're calling them from our <laughs> our uh our uh, dictatorial leaders well i will say the thing um that that we got extremely lucky with one is uh our team so at the time we had yeah five five gyms and so all of a sudden in March, everybody gets shut down. So I have four gyms in California. I have one in Texas. We get <clears> shut <throat> down across the board. Mm-hmm. We next day we're on zoom talking to each other. What can we do? So we had this amazing team of where like, okay, your job is to figure out how to get X, Y, and Z done. Your job is to find an app where we can deliver workouts to people. Your job. So and then we were able to, um, we literally had 10 hours of Zoom workouts oh, during wow. those shutdowns because I had, I had the teams in place. Yeah. So, which meant, you know, we're in different time zones. So I can do a couple hours here, which are two different hours there. And then, you know, there are four hours they're doing or now four different hours. So it worked out really well because we, we moved fast. Wow. We moved fast. And then every, so, and then it was, as I said earlier, a job of an entrepreneur is problem solving and really looking at what your customer needs. So we're like, you know, I'm at home with my, I'm, my kids are homeschooled, but I'm listening to um, some of my, my close friends and like my kids are driving me crazy. I'm like, that's it. All our members, which, you know, uh, we have a large um, member base of, of women as well. Like a lot, I would say like 75% of our gym is women. Oh, wow. So, um, okay, they're stuck at home with these kids. Why don't we do a half an hour's Zoom workout a day mm-hmm. just to, to give mom and dad like some breathing room? Sure. And we actually got national press for that. Um, because we, at one point we had like 500 kids on zoom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. I, like we were theming it out. Like, and none of this was unfortunately well, it was a half an hour workout for the kids to give yes. mom and dad a break. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm a big star Wars fan. I was all dressed up, you know, as a Jedi and I created like Jedi workouts and yeah. whatnot. And we're doing these lives so I can literally call out kids, you know, and say things. But, um, yeah. None of this. One of the things, this was just to give back. Mm. Like we didn't monetize this at all. We probably could have somehow, but like the idea was we have all this free time. That means our member has all this free time. And this mm. is the first time in, uh, in our existence that like we can have everybody's undivided attention. Mm-hmm. So we did, a, you know, like I said, 10 workouts a day. So like you can't sure. tell me there's not one of those hours that don't work for you. And then Monday, Wednesday and Friday evening, we would do a, a seminar on a different topic. We would do Zoom socials. We were mm-hmm. Q&As, like just, uh, just trying to get in front of our people as much as possible just to keep them sane. Wow. And um, 
I mean, here in Texas, we opened up a lot faster mm-hmm. than we did in um, in uh, California. But that definitely that definitely switched our model a little bit. Like mm-hmm. we've we've adapted. Yeah. And uh, there's so many, and there's there's big franchises. There's like top ten franchises that literally, when we shut down, said, "We'll just wait it out." Yes. and it crushed them yeah and um and where we by the next day we had things in place for our people i think speed you know folks like uh grant cardone gary v others they talk about the importance of speed you know and just i think so many people they try to think through like okay let's build this big plan and go do this stuff and you, know, you hear a lot about like agile software development project management style methodology which is a little different style, but, you know, speed from going from idea to, you know, potentially an outcome is just so important, especially with how technology is advancing these days, right? Like you could, you could think through an idea for a year and by the time, by the time you get done with it, it's already outdated. So, you know, moving fast is critical. And another thing you said, Casey, that I just love, and if you're listening, you know, rewind and listen to Casey talk about how he put on these sessions, you know, serving people, you know, he saw a need, they saw a need, their team saw a need in their customers. They served them with these events and he dressed up like star Wars. He made them memorable. And I think a lot of times, and this is something I've been working on as a leader. Cause I, you know, I think I can kind of have a serious sort of persona sometimes and making things fun and making things memorable. Like the best leaders, man, they, they create memorable experiences for their, for their teams and their people. And so I commend you for doing that, man. That's pretty cool. Appreciate it. I'm curious. So I've done keto. I went vegan for almost two years. Um, I, I'm a try guy. I'm a like, whatever, I'll try it. You know, I don't think food's going to hurt me. And uh, as long as it's good, you know, good whole food or whatever. But, um, you know, keto, intermittent fasting, you know, long-term fasting. What What's your philosophy on um on food, on healthy eating. What, I guess, what, uh, give us some mindset from Casey Washek on, on, uh, on food. Well, there's, so the easiest diet is the one that you'll stick with long-term. Um, and I think, uh, one of, I'll tell you one of my bet, my pet peeves is when people do a diet, but then they switch it. Like they tweak things. They never allow it to fully like they never say I, all right if i'm going like keto keto's tough like you there's certain macros you have to follow mm-hmm. but like uh you know what that was too hard so i'm just doing like a modified keto then you're not doing keto yeah it's like <laughs> a know? paleo something yeah like so don't like you that i think um for me so me personally i'm a i'm more of a paleo guy um, and it's funny. And a lot of it, I, like you, I'm a try guy. Like the only thing I haven't tried is being a vegan. Um, and I, uh, my, my biggest pet peeve with vegans and I, I'm generalizing, I know yeah. there's people who, who do it the way it's supposed to be done is they just kind of slap that, that name <laughs> on their chest and then they eat whatever they want besides meat. Yeah. I still wore leather belts, Casey. I still wore leather belts, man. 
your man bun did you <laughs> let that thing flow or right what? <laughs> no dude the so there's this guy john uh john mc uh mcdougall you ever hear mcdougall he's a big vegan advocate but his big thing was starch you know you, you got to eat vegan healthy but you got to get good long chain sugars in like rice and potatoes and and making sure you know lentils you're getting basically like you got to get most of your calories or, or uh, most of your energy is going to come from starch, barley, you know, whole, whole good grains, like Ezekiel breads, that sort of stuff. Well, you know what? I'm a big fan of Ezekiel bread. Um, it's super let, me, let, me, let me say this. Um, a lot of, so a lot of my, um, my belief system with food is what I've tried. So one of the things I never mentioned is I'm a survival instructor. So I've spent, uh, I spent almost two weeks out in Alaska, um, just with a knife and the clothes on my back and I had to survive. And I'll tell you what I'm not eating when I'm out there is barley, rice, um, fish, fish, birds, Birds. you know, uh, you know, there are, I mean, there are a ton of, uh, you know, dandelion leaves and berries, but I am not, I'm not farming. Yeah. You're not planting food. No. So that, that gave me a, that, you know, going through that process gave me a real like eye opening, like, yeah. All right. None of this stuff, like, you know, take us back hundreds of years. None of this stuff that like we, we now rely on was ever available. Right. Um, I'm basically, you know, hunter gatherer right now. Um, right. That, that being said, um, I, yeah, so I, I, I tend to stay away from grains a lot. Like mm-hmm. I'll eat root vegetables, like sweet potatoes and things like that. So right. like, I would say I'm more of a paleo guy. So what Just, is paleo? Like paleo is basically, um, no grain. It's, it's uh, one of the things I always say here is if it didn't grow on the ground or have a face, don't eat it. But it's paleo is, uh, like non-farming type fruits vegetables like 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 no grains you know you're not eating grains because like at that point like caveman diet you're still not you're still not eating that way sure um now i mean my big thing is uh like i'm more of a a macros guy so Mm -hmm. what my thing is i'm never going to push things on on you Mm. like you have to eat this way but i will tell you kind of the, the, some of the caveats, some of the things that are happening, if you, if you are eating, you know, certain things that maybe nature didn't intend. Sure. So what are the big, we're kind of running up on time here. I know I'm going to be uh, respectful of your time. I know you're a busy man. What are like several things? I don't know if you got a handful. What are a few things that people should 100% be avoiding when they're buying food? Uh, well, avoid, all uh, aspartame avoid. I mean, I, I'll just tell you this: um, if you if you it, you should be drinking water. You don't pour soda in your plants. So wh- why would you give it to you and your kids, right? Like if so, I always say if you trust it, pour it on the hood of your car. Yeah. So so or or if you can tell me what it's made of, then have it. Like you ever see those videos where they pour like coke on a on an egg and it like eats the shell. 
like right off an egg? No, I, I haven't seen that, but I do know that like Coke will like take like lime off the inside of your, your toilet and things like that. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, but so that's what I say. Like if you if you can tell me what it where it came from, like crystal light, tell tell me what it is. Yeah. Then pour it on the are you are you willing to pour it on the hood of your car? No, I wouldn't want to damage my car if it's not good, but you'll drink it. Like you can always get a new car, but you can't you know, you can't do anything right. um, for your body. So uh, really man-made. I, I'll just go with man-made. Uh, anything sugar-free mean, or, or fat-free means that they had to replace it with chemicals. Hmm. So like I would rather you eat like whole ice cream, you know, like Breyers, like old school ice cream, then, then get some like sugar-free, fat, fat-free chemical concoction. Right. Um, um, really, I, I mean, uh, you, you kind of hit me here. Uh, farm, like stay away from farm-raised. You know, one of my favorite things to do is pull out like um, Alaskan salmon, wild yeah. salmon, and it's like, it's like red, like my shirt. Right. But then you pull out the farm raised salmon, it's orange and it has color added. Yeah. <laughs> so like what color was it before? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so like Subway, how they, they went around all these places, right? I think you were the one that may have told us that. How like they, they looked in the Subway tuna and like there was no tuna in the Subway tuna. Yes. Well, they didn't know what the DNA was from. Like yeah. there's no animal on record, not even tuna. Like, well, and that, you what? know, kind of going back to the whole environment these days and, and uh, then we'll wrap up. I, sure. I think a big thing, Casey, that you've, you've hit on is like, we put a lot of trust in, in businesses. We put a lot of trust in organizations and, you know, we don't know what their intentions are. We can assume the best, but a lot of times they've proven over and over and over again to maybe not have the best interest of the people in mind. So surrounding yourself with people that really do have your best interest, you know, trust in building the team of people around you that are looking out for you, that have your best interest in mind, that are heading in the same direction as you, that, you know, want to raise their kids right, want to be good fathers and mothers and, and husbands and wives and, you know, take care of their bodies and, and be successful, whatever that means to you and in, in, in your journey right? Like that's just so important. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased that we got connected and, and how you've helped our family so far. And I'm looking forward to the, the future of where that goes. Before we wrap up, one perspective question I always ask, this podcast was kind of a, a brainchild of, a you know, me growing and listening to guys like Gary V. You have dropped him like four times in this episode, but he always talked about like, you know, how cool would it be if you could see a video of your great, great, great grandfather, you know, interviewing people like all we got is like one picture. Now we're going to have like mm -hmm. thousands of pictures and hours of video content. So if you could leave future generations with any comments, what would you leave them with today? What I would say is, um, go after what you want what you want not what you think other people want you to want not what other people think you should do go after what you want to do uh don't follow the crowd 
be your own. Don't put yourself in a box. Um, uh, you, you read off my, my little things, uh, you know, early on that I think it's on Instagram, all the different things, uh, I I'm into like, yeah, yeah like my career is fitness and I like helping people and things like that, but I have a lot of other interests and what's cool is they all kind of tend to go back into this like lifestyle, but, um, don't, don't fall victim to falling into one, one diatribe, one box at like, whether that's politically, uh, because we'll, we even found that there's a cool saying that, uh, you know, the right wing and left wing are both wings of the same bird. Yeah. Um, you know, whether that's nutritionally, like, like I am a vegan, that's who I am. Okay. You have no other interests. You know, it could be your sexual orientation. Like you're much more than whatever that one thing is. Hundred percent. So, so go out there and and uh, as I like to say is uh, like we should be going to the grave on empty. Like I don't want I don't want to be well rested when I when I pass. Right. I want to be exhausted. I want mm. I want to be hobbling to the grave because I gave this this. I gave this life everything I could give. I took from it as much as I possibly could. Love it, Casey. Awesome advice. Thanks for coming on, brother. Y'all go follow him. Check out fitin42, F-I-T-I-N-4-2.com. You can follow Casey Washak, C-A-S-E-Y-W-A-S-H-A-C-K on Instagram and Facebook. Casey, it's been a pleasure, brother. Thank you, Phil. It's been awesome. Take care, everybody. Go lead everything. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to goleadeverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go lead.